That's our vision. You know, we are going to enable this industry by providing a platform that um, most everybody will be using. Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by JVentures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley, in partnership with Leomitech, sponsored by Homeward Ventures, Hippo Insurance, Upwest Labs, Synergy Global, Hillel at Stanford, Leap, Birthright Excel, Serona Partners, and in media partnership with C-Tech. Welcome to 20-Minute Leaders. We're talking about autonomous vehicles and the enablement of the industry with reliability. Meet Ziv Binyamini, the CEO of Fortelix LTD. Ziv is the CEO of Fortelix, a company dedicated to autonomous vehicles verification and safety. He is a world-renowned verification visionary with more than 30 years of experience. Previously, Ziv served as corporate vice president at Cadence, running its simulation and verification business. He also served as vice president of R&D at Vericity and at Intel, leading the development of coverage-driven verification solutions that change the way semiconductors are tested. Ziv Binyamini, CEO for Telix. Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders all the way from Sunnyvale, California. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. And we're going to be talking about, you know, some of the most exciting things that are happening today in the world of, of technology and, and consumer behavior, uh, autonomous vehicles and autonomous driving. And, uh, you know, there are, there are some companies that, that you don't necessarily see in the forefront uh, uh, but they're they're the enablers of this industry. Fortelix is one of them, and uh, helping company, helping deploy autonomous driving systems. And and I'm excited to learn more about Fortelix and and your journey. And and really, where I want to get started, uh, Ziv, is is the entrance to Fortelix. Uh, you know, there are some people that have been dreaming of of ve- autonomous vehicles from the the Jetsons and uh, from cartoons when they grew up. Is that your case? Did you always know that you're going to be working as a CEO of a company in the autonomous driving space? Not whatsoever. <laughs> Never dreamt of it. Uh, no, I uh, I started, I was always, a, well, I'm not a geek, but I loved software and mathematics, but uh, started my career in, in uh, semiconductor chips. And somehow because of maybe a coincidence or because of my love to logic and philosophy, I... I got in this space of verification, uh, which is how do you test um, all of the possible uh, situations. And I I worked at Intern in my first 10 years of my career. And I was um, part of, uh, I did several things, but always around verification. How do you verify a chip? Um, Just to illustrate, you know, Intel, during the days I was there, had a one of the early Pentium chips called the Pentium Pro or P6, which was the most complex chip uh, ever created. This was in the ni- mid nineties. And uh, we had to invent like, there are so many different things that can go wrong. Um, you had to invent new methods of how to do verification in an automated way so that you don't miss any bug. The previous chip that was before us had probably the most famous bug ever in chips. It's called the Pentium bug or the FDIV bug, the floating point divide bug. 
It's a very rare situation, extremely rare situation, which, by the way, we found in-house using the methods that uh, we invented. Um, Intel, once this bug became public, Intel had to recall all of its uh, chips. It cost somewhere between half a billion to a billion dollar in the mid-90s, which is uh, hard to imagine. That's the cost of a single tiny little bug. Um, so I, I worked at Intel, uh, and then I joined a startup called Vericity that uh, basically create the ways to do verification of chips. Everybody today, if you go to any company that's they're doing a semiconductor chip like Apple or Intel or NVIDIA, they are all using the methods that we invented you know, some time ago. Uh, this was very successful. I worked in this industry, but we always had a feeling that those methods that we invented, which allow you to test an uh, infinity, we call it taming infinity, the number of scenarios in a chip in a, with a 3 billion transistors is just infinite. How do you still test it sufficiently so there's no bug? None. It's impossible. Well, we figured out a way to do it. And we always felt there are other places where this could be applicable. And then about five years ago, we started seeing this autonomous world coming. And you're it's saying, wow, I, I just want to jump in here Z, for a second. I'm saying, you know, I'm thinking back to the, the Pentium bug and your, you know, the, the cost of an error on a human, you know, to the human level of our experience is vastly different when you're talking now. And, and I'm imagining where you're taking here when you're talking about yes. verification of chips and we're seeing these, you know, these weapons driving, you know, at 80 miles an hour in the streets of the United is, States. It's a little crazy. Exactly. So th these weapons, as you call them, you know, it's a, a, a several tons object, which is moving, you know, <laughs> it's a weapon. even if it's 30 miles an hour, any tiny little mistake can cause a lot of damage and harm in life and, and all of that. Three million lives are lost every year from accidents. And most of them are due to human errors, the driver, the human driver. So if there was a way to do it, it would be save a lot of life. And But those systems are the complexity of these systems. Like, just imagine these, these uh, weapons you're describing. They have... Um, more than 100 chips on a single autonomous vehicle, wow. uh, more than 100 million lines of code, software, and machine learning. You know, several of the main um, subsystems are operated by machine learning, which is extremely powerful, but completely unpredictable. So how do you verify this thing? This was our, the start of the journey. We said, okay, we should switch from these chips to autonomous because we think we can help. We can enable this industry to actually become viable with safe, you know, safe autonomous vehicles that with our help, we can tame infinity. We can test all of these infinite possibilities and put those safe things so that, you know, we can reduce the number of accidents. We can, you know, allow the elderly have their own car and drive when they want because right. the driver will be autonomous, etc. So there are a lot of many usages to this technology. It's, it's coming, definitely. Take me back four years ago. 
what's happening? How yeah. how do you make this transition? I understand, you know, obviously now it's we can rationalize through the, the importance of this, but what what was it actually like to make this dramatic change in your career and to and to go into this industry that I'm assuming at that point you know, you're seeing the vision of what's going to happen, but you're not yet immersed in autonomous vehicles as you know, as a as a job and as an experience. You know, for me and and my friends, you know, the partners to found this company. First of all, I had I have to say I had no fear. I I I had no doubts that you know this will work and I'll just go there. There's like, but. In terms of changes, there were massive. One from a personal, you know, being a CEO is very different than any other role. So this was uh, one big change. Another is this technology of autonomy, and the other, which for a business a company, you know, we know the semiconductor industry extremely well. We've been there for decades. Uh, but going to automotive, by the way, it's not just automotive companies like Caterpillar and John Deere. You know that you don't think they are not automotive, but they are building autonomous driving systems, tractors and whatnot. So, uh, but these are very different. They work at a different clock cycle. The, you know, the life, the development cycle is much longer, uh, etc. So that's a huge change, and we need to keep the balance all the time between bringing all of the knowledge we have. And it's very valuable, this industry. I mean, it took time, but we have a lot of proof now that this industry really um, respect what we are bringing. At the same time, we need to respect this industry. It's very different. It's very new. Um, and by the way, we are talking about autonomous systems. It's not like there are a lot of people that have done it. Quite frankly, nobody have done it yet. ADAS, you know, ADAS is semi it's diver assistant, so that's already deployed. But the other things are mostly, you know, way more right here, next to where you live. Um, they are driving, but it's not in deployment, right? So billions and billions of dollars are invested in this technology, but it's not in deployment yet. So there's nowhere to just, it's not that you're taking an existing flow, an existing product, and just optimize it. No, nobody figured out how to do it. And we think one of the main obstacles to get safe, scalable deployment of, of autonomous systems on the road is what is called in the industry the long tail, the long tail of bugs or the situations. So they already walk 99.9% .9 of the time okay. But, you know, one-tenth of a percent means that every, you know, every thousand miles you'll have an accident and unacceptable. The level, so you need to find this long tail, those things that will happen only once in a million miles. If you have a fleet of a hundred thousand cars, if you have a bug that happens only once in a million miles, it will happen every, you know, every day. Right. So... Yeah, a lot of changes, a lot of new, and we have, always have to keep the balance of what we know, what we bring, keep it, and you know, leverage and bring it out, but also constantly learn new things, which, by the way, is this is one of the greatest joys of this job, is that I'm learning so much all the time. It's, it's, it's really... It's I beautiful. can only imagine beyond, uh, beyond learning about the technology, learning about 
this complicated industry, one of the most complicated endeavors that honestly the humankind has 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 attempted you know this is much much more complicated than than sending a man to the moon and to do some of the crazy things that we've done we're actually talking about changing transportation for good and once it's deployed it's deployed uh, it's going to be very hard to recall this uh, and, and especially from a consumer yeah. behavior standpoint now now Ziv, how are the rest of the players in the market reacting to a company like fortelix If you're looking at like the likes of Elon Musk and 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 the folks at at Waymo, you know what how are they rationalizing through what you're describing here as an opportunity to potentially fix the, this long tail of bugs? I, first of all, I have to say that we have decided to focus on the traditional automotive industry first. yep, actually, not just traditional. Our go-to-market strategy is to go to the uh, sub-markets of autonomy where there's actual deployment. So ADAS like is Like those ADAS systems, correct. And, um, you know, we are working with Volvo on mining, on trucks operating in mines. That's public. Uh, so the car, the robotaxi that will operate in the most complex environment in the city, again... Many companies, huge companies that are spending a lot of money here, like Waymo and, you know, several like Cruz and Algo, etc., Zooks. Um, mm-hmm. This is not our main focus right now. We are building the technology, our solutions, where we need to make business, so we need people who are ready to also pay and, and bring in. Um, and, and how, how are the, those people in, the, in, this, in, in, in that market reacting? Those that are already starting to leverage autonomous vehicles, but not, not necessarily in this complicated environment that you're describing that the big players are fighting over with billions of dollars. Yeah, they're also putting billions of dollars. They know that, um, look, the way you test, uh, I'll oversimplify it, but the way everybody tests autonomous systems is... To the most part, they put the, they put the software on the system and they go and drive and they drive and drive and drive and drive. Tesla is using their customers to do some of the driving. I won't get into that. Uh, Waymo have a fleet of cars and they drove you know more than 10 million miles, etc. But um, people know that this is not scalable. And look, we're talking about software. I know if you. Software, every day you make a new software fix, you fix the bug, you add a new feature, you need to run everything. But you can't, nobody can drive 10 million miles within a day or a week. There's just no way to do it. Right. You need to do it in software. You need to do it in simulation. You need to do it with synthetic. Look, uh, one of the things you need to test is uh, accidents or near-accident situations, right? But these don't happen very frequently in real life, thanks God, right? So even if you have a fleet, how many times you got to almost run into a pedestrian? Thankfully, almost never. But when you test this autonomous system, you need to do it very, very thoroughly. All the situation, the pedestrian was going from the left, from the right. You're very close. There was rain. There was this speed, that speed infinite number of situations. So everybody, the, the funny thing is, everybody realized they need something else. They need to move to do most of the testing in virtual testing because physical testing will just not be scalable 
and not allow you to test all of the really difficult, dangerous situations. But the move is very slow. Right. The move is very slow. I have to say in the autonomous, in the automotive industry, we have been working in the last three years on a standard language to describe scenarios. So scenarios are the basis, right? We're talking about infinite number of scenarios. Somebody cuts you from the left, somebody from the right, the speed, the this and that. Um, so we suggested to the industry a language that's some of, one of the key things that we know how to do very well. We've done it many times before. Uh, it's a software language. It's a machine and human readable language. And this language is now becoming the basis for the standard. So actually, if you look at acceptance, this is probably the most important standard for the autonomous industry. And it's based on our uh, concepts, our approach, and actually our specific language that we have implemented. So I think there is a lot of acceptance, but this industry is moving slow. There's also NIH not invented here. Um, in some companies, um, which which is fine, it's, you know, I've I've, it's not new. Every the the better the company, the more it believes that it has all of the solutions and it doesn't need help from outside, um, and it's a natural process. So we have patience. Yeah, take me through, you know, in in short, you know, the, if you're looking in the, it, a little bit into the future, specifically with Fortelix and. The autonomous driving world. Where where are we at? You know, what where do you, where do we want to be? Where do you think for Telex with what you're doing today? What is the potential for it in, in a mature autonomous driving world? That that I think everybody agrees we will get there. We just don't know exactly when. Well, I think for the industry, so this is happening. The adoption of autonomous systems is happening already. Mm-hmm. Again, ADAS, which people dismiss, especially here. In the Bay Area, they don't consider it autonomous, which I think is a joke. Uh, it is autonomous and it does more and more functions, but it's not fully autonomous. It's not level four. Level three is already getting, it's starting to be there. Um, and there is deployment all over. Again, we're talking with, we're working with mining. There are many different um, submarkets, verticals, where this is being adopted. So if you ask me when there will be a robot taxi in San Francisco, I don't know, three, four, five, ten years, I have no idea. Where is Fertelix going to be whenever we have... Yeah, the... so so look, we have we have the... Probably the most critical ingredient of how to make this uh, system safe and efficient, uh, which is the most critical barrier. That, that's the main reason why Waymo is still not, you know, everywhere. It's about safety. It's about making these things safe. And I think we have the the critical uh, ingredient. Our platform is the most critical enabler. So I don't think we'll be the only player, but I think we will be one of the major players for this industry. And that means, you know, look, companies uh, are spending um, in very complex systems in general. We saw it in the chip industry. Half of the spending is in for testing, validation. Same here. There's already predictions. I saw some McKinsey um, uh, analysis that says that for complex systems, level three, four, five, half of the spend, and we're talking about billions of dollars, is going to be on the testing, on validation, on ensuring these systems are safe. 
And we are going to be one of the most important providers, not the only, and by the way, we work with many other partners in the market, in the ecosystem. Uh, so that's our vision. You know, we are going to enable this industry by providing a platform that um, most everybody will be using. Phenomenal. That's, that's where we are going. I, I want to thank you, not just for these 20 minutes, but for all the great work that you're doing and eventually for, for making the roads safer and uh, for making generally things safer throughout your career. And I think it's uh, such an important role of uh, you know, what you're doing. And, and I have to say that I, I haven't heard much about this role until now. And I think that's, that's not right. And so I'm, I'm especially honored to, to be able to share this story through this platform and, 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 and to have learned about it myself. And this is exactly, exactly why I do this show. And I, and I, really, and I, and I really appreciate it. So thank you for sharing your time with me and uh, best of luck with Fortelix and uh, stay safe and stay healthy. Same for you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good day. Thank you.